good evening whenever you may be listening to this podcast. We are the Better Than You Pod coming to you another week as we go around the room real quick so we can jump right into it. And how you doing? I'm good, man. Good out there. How's you? No doubt I'm great, brother. I appreciate you asking. Nobody ever asked me. I appreciate you. Uh, <laughs> B, what's good? Everything is good, man. All right, that's what's up. That's up. We 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 won short this week, but shout out to Joe, our resident uh guy who kind of does all our media, getting everything up and getting all the uh, clips out to you guys on Instagram and Facebook and everything else. So salute to Joe. He's out this week, but we'll um he'll be back next week, bigger, uh, better than ever. But um, I, I well I always hate saying jump right into it because this is not something we. Or rather, that I really want to jump into, and I think we all share the same sentiment. On Monday, February 24th, they had the memorial for Kobe Bean Bryant uh, at the Staples Center. Uh, you know, one of the greatest basketball players to ever play the game. Um, he was memorialized and allowed the fans. And the uh, NBA we I don't even want to say the NBA community, the sports community to mourn his passing, as well as the other passengers on the helicopter, as well as his daughter, Gigi. Um, I only saw clips. I know it happened in the middle of the day. I know a lot. Maybe a lot of people probably like myself saw a lot of the clips. Um, I, I really saw the strength in his what his wife was saying. But. Let's just go around, go around the room real quick, and just kind of give some reflections. Because again, I only saw clips. I don't know. I, know, I think some of you guys might have seen the majority of it. Just kind of get the feeling of what the room was about. So I mean, <laughs> as far as me, man, I I thought it was, I thought it was kind of amazing that, um, that Vanessa got up there and she spoke as long as she did. You know what I mean? And I, I, I for whatever reason, like I just kind of like dwelled on that. Because, you know, I'm at work watching this, so, you know, I'm taking out time, and I'm like, yo, I would have expected her to just do an OG classic, you know, get in and get out. But she was literally up there, like, for a, it seemed like forever, just, you know what I mean? It wasn't like what she was talking about was bad, it was just like, you know, you, you know she's going through pain, and she probably was on autopilot, you know what I mean? So, right. I mean, I, you know, like, th- that that is what it is, um, you know, when you're going through trauma, but it was just like an amazing feat to me. I don't, I don't know why, but it just felt like that to me. Like, wow, like this woman is, she, you know, she lost her, her, her life partner and, and her daughter and, and, and she's up yeah. there and she's, she's up in front of the world, just talking, you know what I mean? And talking about them and opening right. up her heart about them. And I thought, I, I thought that was, that, that, that was my biggest takeaway. Yeah. That was really my biggest together. takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy. No, no, it's it's not easy. I mean, I mean, all of us have gone through the loss of someone that's very close to us. Um, none of us have lost a spouse. I mean, none of us are famous. And I think this kind of comes to that degree for her to just find that kind of like that strength, it, not not a courageous thing, just just to be that strong and to really, you know, say her thing about her long lost husband, her daughter, you know, losing you know two very important parts of your family, and then. Her speech was just, I'm, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to try to grade it or anything. It just took a lot and it just, it really like humanized the moment. It like, it was, it was 
sad and somber to a degree, but it was really more of a celebration. Everyone came and they said their peace, they got their tears, they got their laughs. But for her to stand up in front of everybody and just, you know, break down like, you know, what he meant to, I mean, not only the the basketball world, or the sports world, just the world period. I mean, I mean, I know you let off by saying like, you know, the the impact he had in the sports world, but in for like the people in the crowd and everybody there, it was more like uh, a world event. It's almost like a, a dignitary diet or something else like that because of how much he meant to people. And for her to come across so effortlessly and so gracefully to get these points out in a time of pain, I mean, you, you can't help but to be impressed by that. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't say like, oh, she did a great job. Just like, no, I mean, I've I've been to a lot of funerals and I've seen people go up there and they've lost people close to them and they might talk for, get three words out and just start breaking down. Like, right. Like, this is like, yeah. so many. she lost them. And for what she did, I mean, that was just, that was just amazing. Hey, yeah. you guys are talking about breaking down. And then if you see Shaq and especially if you see Jordan, you know, in terms of holding it together, obviously those gentlemen weren't able to, and there's nothing wrong with it, you know, showing emotion. I know we, as African-American men, tend to try and be tough and show no chink in the armor, you know, seeing somebody like Jordan or Shaq or shed those tears and things like that. And, you know, to, and we've been talking about Kobe, but to just bring a lighter moment to it and Jordan talking about another crying meme, I just want to bring mm-hmm. some light to the situation in him in his speech because he was upset and crying. And then there was that, you know, poignant moment when he when uh, actually when Vanessa was coming off the stage, he stood up and helped her off of the stage just for that brief moment. You know, just that, you know, you have Kobe's idol. And I, and I think I'm safe saying that Kobe's idol helping his wife down you know, to her seat and everything like that. But it, it looked like, again, I'm, I'm only speaking from the clips that I saw. It looked like a beautiful moment. It looked like, you know, yeah. everybody embraced the moment, things like that. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like where I was going to go next, to be honest with mm-hmm. you, the whole okay. Jordan thing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I thought Jordan, to be uh, to be honest, like, the, the they all broke down. I mean, even Vanessa was crying. You know what I mean? Like, all broke down on the stage i just i just was amazed that she stayed up there and went through it you know what i mean um but you know that that, you know to the that's just testament to her but yeah jordan got up there and i thought he did an amazing job of making kobe feel like the little brother you know what i mean like like he did a good job of making kobe sound like an annoying little brother that was just relentless but they had the same interests you know what i mean like it was just like that that's the way that's the way uh, Jordan kind of made it sound. And I, I, I thought that was a really great angle and take on Kobe. And I don't think anybody else could have did it the way Jordan did it. I mean, uh, just because of the position that he held with Kobe, like you said, his idol. And then Shaq. I thought Shaq did an amazing job of making mm-hmm. the jokes about, um, you know what I mean? Like, will Kobe pass? And there's no I in team. Yeah, but there's a me in that motherfucker. Like, little shit like that. I just thought that those... Those uh, moments like that, I thought they did a really great job um, of oh. of Jordan of making him seem like the little brother, and then and then uh, Shaq like trying to play off the the um, I don't know the the idea of Kobe that Kobe doesn't pass or whatever. He made it fun and funny, you know what I mean? And and I thought mm-hmm. those were really cool moments, and you know it was it made it feel like it was a home going. Because I'll be real with you. Um, it didn't seem like a homegoing ceremony, and it and it wasn't. It was a memorial service, or whatever. But you know, culturally, like we we want to have, you know, we want to 
have a homegoing ceremony. We want to have a, a, a little bit more lively and celebrate their life or whatever. And I feel like Shaq and, and, um, and Jordan kind of did that. I think it's, I, I think like it's because of, of like us finding out that, you know, they already had the private ceremony form. So they, they might've had that kind of circumstance, but, um, because of him being kind of a world citizen and it being broadcast all over the place, this is like, this is like, this is for the fans, even for the people that he inspired and that, um, he was, you know, tight with that were friends. Like I said, the, the, even the thing with, with Kobe and, and Michael, like no one really knew their relationship. Like I, I was kind of surprised by that. Like it seemed kind of private, like we called, we talked it like, cause Kobe was never kind of person. Like it was, I wouldn't necessarily say friendly, but I mean, like, or worried about enemies or anything to that degree. He just, he just kind of just self-determined and focused and things like that. And to find out that like, you know, over the years, like they develop a kind of friendship where they can talk to each other and so on and so forth. I mean, I mean, that's pretty impressive coming from him. And like I said, we all know about the issues that Kobe and Shaq had in the past and seeing them bury the hatchet. And like I said, it, he matters. He matters. I don't want to say mattered because I, I don't want to say in the past tense. He matters because, like, people still revere him and they still, you know, want to develop that Mamba mentality and the things that he discussed and him shifting as a person and a human being. And the thing that, that's most important is that you need a kind of this moment to let people know, like, even though he's gone, he's not, he's gone maybe like in physical form, but the spirit is there and, like, it still lives on. You're, you're never going to forget him. Even LeBron said, I'm never going to get over this, like, because it's understandable. He was a contemporary. He was, you know, an enemy. He becomes a friend and a mentor. You don't just lose track of guys like that. They don't just disappear in the ether just because their body's gone. His memory lives on. His film lives on. His games live on. I mean, we're just celebrating the memory of Kobe Bryant, but that doesn't mean that he's gone in our lives and definitely not mean that he's gone in our hearts. Yeah. Or, you know, I, I uh, echo those sentiments exactly. Um, and, and just uh, just to close this out, I think it's kind of real. And maybe I'm just feeling sentimental at the moment. I think it's real cheap for the media to really focus on things like why they couldn't film Beyonce and where was LeBron when the focus should have been solely on, you know, the memory of this icon. And I, and I feel comfortable saying that icon in basketball as opposed to figuring out if LeBron was there and why Beyonce couldn't be filmed. And I'm happy the way LeBron handled it. He never even answered the question. He just said, I was just happy that he was honored. Right now, like this is not in, in an award show where you're looking for a photo op. This is the most, in, and again, like I said, not basketball, but in sports, certain people, and not just their specific sport that they play, but that transcends sports. Like Mamba mentality, you know, echoes into baseball, echoes into football, across the board, across all lines, and they're auto racing, boxing, or anything, and things like that. So I think things like that in terms of focusing on where was LeBron if LeBron was in something that was real cheap and tawdry by the uh, media, but slew to a uh, Mamba mentality and uh, uh, I hope I'm saying, I think that's what they call the Mambasita. Am I correct? Correct. Okay. 
So yeah, Mamacita and all the other people that passed away on that uh, unfortunate—I don't even want to say flight, but in that that unfortunate situation, you know, you know, R.I.P. Cope. He's gonna be in our memories forever. Um, you you would like to kind of turn from talking about Kobe to, you know, something positive or something happy. But unfortunately, in the hip hop world, also in the uh, Los Angeles area, we lost an up and coming New York rapper in Hop Smoke, uh, who was shot and killed Wednesday, which was actually February 19th, a day after we normally record our podcast on the Tuesday. Um, and what appears to be a home invasion, I'm reading this from TMZ. The rapper was at home in Hollywood Hills around 4.30 a.m. when two men, which we now learn, according to his surveillance video, has now actually been four men uh, wearing hoodies and masks, broke into a house. Um, and we're told the, the men to fight multiple shots, striking and critically wounding Pop Smoke. And uh, the men were seen fleeing on foot. And unfortunately, uh, the 20-year-old, and I want to put an emphasis on 20-year-old Pop Smoke, uh, unfortunately succumbed to his gunshot wounds and died on his way to uh, see, uh, to to the hospital. And we lost another 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 artist another, to the culture, regardless of what you may have felt about him or his music. We lost another person that probably was going to, you know. And, and, and I'll just echo 50 Cent's word that just really basically called him this generation's 50 Cent in the times of the way he sounded. And as all of us, and I'll open up the floor in a minute, but as all of us being from the tri-state area, he was the new, he was the new sound of New York. And he was going to do, and I'm, and I'm just going to say it, he was going to do something great. He was going to be, and, and I'm just speaking from, uh, East Coast, Northeast uh, perspective, he was going to bring New York back, things that we've always talked about in terms of artists and stuff like that. And I hate that he lost his life this way. I'm not, again, everything's still under investigation. We don't know all the particulars. Things are coming out as new things are discovered and things as such. But, you know, unfortunately, Pop Smoke, uh, before he even reached the legal age of to drink of 21, was uh, shot and murdered in the Hollywood Hills, where I'm, I'm assuming, and just by what some of the people said and reading his a lot of his friends' comments, thought he was safe in terms of getting out of the situations that he was in and, 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 and so on and so forth. I'll go to you, um, Ann, first. I'll come to you, B, uh, come to you, B, second. I'll go to Ann first. It's, it's kind of hard, Ann, about the lost life. I mean, especially after we just talked about Kobe, just I wasn't really like I wasn't really up on him, but my mm-hmm. niece, my nieces were, and they just love Pop Smoke. So like, all right, I, I take a listen. Not not too long ago, listening with them, and I'm like, and I'm kind of getting the same feeling and vibe that you're saying. And she was like, oh my god, I love Pop Smoke. I was like, yo, this is fifty. She was like, what do you mean, like? They don't sound the same, but that same attitude, that sound, that griminess, that hunger, like it's like this is fifty. She's like, no, it's not. Like, I'm look, I'm not saying that they're the same thing, but like, like you can see like the germ of it, of him becoming something bigger than what he was. Um, it's just kind of tragic to kind of hear that it's just another life loss, especially something that, like 
especially when it's like a, such a violent end. Um, a guy just beginning in the beginning of his career on the come up. Like I said, he, he was, I think what we lost outside of life, which is just tragic all to itself, is that you're missing like these gaps. It's like these, like these guys that are young that are passing away, like they were supposed to be like the torchbearers of the new generation. They're supposed to be our 50s, so on and so forth. Like I know it wasn't like a violent death, but like you said, they loved, she loved Juice World, and he passed away. And like I said, that was a different circumstance, but just the fact that we're losing like these parts and these little things that are supposed to be hopefully like future pillars of hip-hop, and now they're just kind of going away and meeting these really tragic ends is just sad. And I'm not going to try to get into any kind of conspiracy theories or anything else like that. It just is difficult to kind of talk about because the whole thing is that like I, I just want to see and I want to feel and be better about everything that occurs. It's like this shit just keeps happening and it just gets tiresome. It's like you're you're understand you might be rapping about so and so forth, but you're trying to do something and live a you know, get your money, stack your bread and do something with a different way and phase of life and for it to end so tragically, end up like this is just kind of ridiculous and just kind of hearing about the story. But more than anything, man, rest in peace, pop smoke. I'm like what's out there, what's out there is gonna listen to I from what I heard. Yeah, he had a lot of things in the back catalog that he already had recorded, so I don't think you're going to hear the last of them. But right. I mean, I mean, just, you're not really hear much more of that. So that's kind of the sad, tragic part. You know, the, the loss of life is, you know, the biggest problem. Just the fact that it's another piece of hip hop just kind of torn away that we're not just going to be able to get back. Yeah, and um, before I go to B, get, uh, get, get um. These sentiments on it, you know, unfortunately, and this is just a byproduct of things that happen in, um, you know, what in our culture of hip hop, you know, Pop Smoke, he then never had a top 100, uh, excuse me, top 200 album or a top 100 single. And in light of his death, he actually got his first Hot 100 single, Dior, that debuted this week. And it's unfortunate that everybody's take, trying to take notice of his music now post Tommy's inter inter as regard to when he was actually here. Mm-hmm. Um he got I don't know if you have anything on the B. Oh, uh, I mean I that listen man, I, I'm gonna be real with you. Like I thought I liked his album. Um I thought, you know, when I first heard him I really thought it was trash from Bureau too. I didn't know what the fuck mm-hmm. it was. It sounded weird. Um mm-hmm. but it really grew on me and it grew quick, y'all. Um but it was weird to hear that he that he was murdered. I mean, the facts behind it still kind of don't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what I mean, they contacted somebody in the East Coast and they called, right. and somebody from New York called the police right. there. Yeah. I mean, yep. Yep. there were other people in the house and pop smoke. So, I mean, is it a hit? Um, was he the dude that just stepped up and was like, "Nah, this ain't going down"? And then they they shot it. Like, how did it? You know, how did mm-hmm. how did this happen? I mean, people are blaming. Um, his man for putting the address out there or letting people yeah. see the address on Instagram. I'm not sure if that's really a thing, but you know, it could be, you know what I mean? I mean, I don't, it's just a weird situation. I'm I'm really waiting for more facts to come out on, mm-hmm. on that part of it, you know, but you know, other than that, I, and I echo everything answered. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and to any of our listeners who've never been really into in uh, LA or the Hollywood Hills, it's it's kind of a secluded area. It kind of goes up and down, up and through some mountains. It's a it's a, a place where 
if you know anything about LA and one-on-one traffic during uh during rush hour, you kind of go through the Hollywood Hills and through the mountains to get around all that traffic to come dump down into Westwood and into uh Sunset Boulevard in La Cienega, right in the heart in the, in the heart of uh LA, which is where the Hollywood Hills are. So it, it, it's not a place. And what and I'm saying all that to say that it's not a place you would normally think where you would have to keep watching your back you would normally feel safe in an area like this and you know a lot of things that be said we don't there's everything's kind of unfolding now before our eyes we don't know what's what which is why i'm not commenting on it i'm just commenting on what the fact is in terms of what we've been what excuse me what the, the police have re, uh, released from the home video the surveillance excuse me the surveillance footage of what's happened all we know is that first we thought it was two but as they looked at the surveillance cameras, there was four men that entered in what appears to be a home invasion. And I do expect a lot more to come out of this. And it was just so funny. I was watching the, um, the I only saw today the 50 Cent interview with Angie Martinez where 50 was talking about Pop Smoke. He was like, he thought it was somebody imitating him. And then 50 said, no, oh no, you really who you say you are. And 50 said he was kind of trying to give him some insight on how to move and things like that and how he thought he was moving in the right direction. And then, unfortunately, literally, probably, I think, three days, three to probably three days after that interview dropped, he passed away. So our P-Pop Smoke, uh, you know, uh, prayers out to his family and everything like that. Um, damn, man, I just, I just hate going back to back with, Colby and then on to that and stuff like that. But you know, let's let's move on again to some. I, I don't. It's not actually any type of sad news, but the Roger Stone trial happened. Excuse me. Uh, verdict came in this week, and the jury in the Harvey. I'm sorry, in the Roger Stone's. I'm actually uh, skipping. That's my uh, skipping over certain things. But the Roger Stone trial happened. And he was found guilty on, again, I do apologize, that's my fault. I had a different uh, story up at the time. And what happened with Roger Stone? Uh, I'll just go to, I'll start with B first on that. And kind of like what you All right. Yeah, Roger Stone is trash. Um, <laughs> all he did was he was out here protecting Trump. And, I mean, we, we, we kind of discussed this before um, where he was, he was supposed to get like what, something like nine years and then Trump comes out and says that doesn't make any sense. And then the Trump's attorney general uh, takes over the case. The, the prosecutors on the case all quit. And so then the new prosecution comes in and gives him like a way lighter sentence. What is it like two or three years? I forget what it is. Alex, I mean, when, when you get yeah, a chance, yeah. look that up. Yeah, yeah, something, something like that. Like, yeah, it's some bullshit, y'all. Like, um, you know, Roger Stone is a fucking Batman villain. He's he's fucking weirdo. I mean, he's he's he, he he loves Nixon like he's a huge Nixon fan. He got a huge tattoo of Nixon on his back. If you ever want to see something weird and stupid, like watch him in his bowler hats looking like the penguin and then Google tattoo of Nixon with Roger Stone and look at that shit too. He's fucking weirdo. And really that's 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 really what it is, yo. It's a nasty, disgusting thing. It just shows how corrupted um Trump actually is. Um, and it shows how corrupt the AG general, um, attorney general bar is, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a corrupt organization. Uh, it's just a corrupt administration. And this is just another display of that. 
Well, I want before we before I um go to end, I want to follow up with um something with you real quick, B. So I I'm reading this from the Washington Post. Roger Stone sentenced to three years and four months in prison, mm-hmm. and then it goes on to say as Trump predicts exoneration for his friend. So do you think he will pardon? Stone before yeah. he leaves, if, if he leaves office, I don't want to say yeah. when he leaves office. No, nah, he he's office. gonna party. He's gonna pardon Stone. He just he's just not gonna do it before the election. I mean, that would be okay. kind of stupid. Um, okay. you know, he he pulled off some things before the election, but he can't really do that that one before the election. So he's, I mean, plus he just let off a little a large flare of pardons. So I mean, so Roger Stone Stone got till November, and then Trump's gonna let him fly free. Okay, all right, got you. Go ahead, um, Ant. <laughs> no, I can't really follow up on B because B's right. I mean, Roger Stone's been protect he's been protecting him. He's been a confidant for the guy for years. Uh he's just this really weird political maneuver. He just stays in the pocket of a lot of things. Like I said, him having just a, a random Nixon tattoo on his back is just weird. Uh mm-hmm. like I said, he I mean the, the guy he dresses literally like the penguin from the Batman comics. And I mean, I mean, we're, I mean, we're literally going to talk about it for now. Not really. because We're about to dead this shit. But it's more that, you know, he gets a sentence. Trump puts pressure. Everyone folds up. It's kind of been the same story over and over again. I don't know what prison he's going to, but I don't think he's going to be there for, for his entire period. I think eventually his boy flips him out of jail. Because that's what friends are for. But this is, the, this is the fact that you have a president that can just allow be allowed to put this kind of pressure on people to make them, you know, change sentencing guidelines and so on and so forth. Ah, just more of the president's bullshit, but we can move on. Yeah. All right, no doubt. Uh, again, we'll move on to some more <laughs> tra- trash and Harvey mm. Weinstein. Uh, the uh, verdict actually was uh, given in today by the jurors on the Harvey Weinstein trial that was happening in New York. He was found guilty of rape in the third degree related to the Jessica Mann uh, assault case and then criminal sexual assault in the first degree of Miriam Haley. And and he was also then remanded, rather sent to jail awaiting sentencing on March 11th. And as we know of right now, I think I, I put it in the group chat today that he actually never spent the night in jail. He for quote unquote, and I'm doing the air quotes, health reasons, he actually spent the night in jail. I'm sorry, excuse me, in the hospital, not jail, due to quote unquote health reasons and so on and so forth. So as it stands as of now, and I was very and I'll, and I'll say for myself, I was very surprised. I did not expect, um, you know, and I, let, let me be more straightforward. I did not expect as a white wealthy man for him to be held uh rather be remanded to jail to await sentencing on march 11th and if you are in the new tri-state area new york area and understand anything about new york more than likely he's either going to be awaiting trial in the tombs which is a one police plaza or under one police plaza or rikers where he would be awaiting trial but instead he was uh quote-unquote, sent to the hospital for health reasons. And I will, and again, I'll just reiterate that. I was very surprised. I thought it was just going to be, and I don't know, you know what, and that's probably a bigger conversation, rather we whether we have it now or not, just 
understanding, looking at what happened with Bill Cosby and then what happened with him. And it's just like everybody that I knew was like, ah, he's going to get off. He's not going to do no jail time. And even if they convict him, he's going to get probation or whatever. But with the first degree conviction, he has to do jail time. And then further learning on further learning that if this is just the New York case, this has nothing to even do with the uh, California case that he still has to face in a couple of months as well. This was just the first conviction that he happened in the New York trial. And I'll go ahead and I'll um, start with being your thoughts. I mean, I know black people like to, to, to think sometimes white people, rich white people are yeah, invincible, I but I definitely I knew that he was going to go to jail. And I'll tell you why, because the world had, his world had turned its back on him. Other rich white people had turned their back on him. You know what okay. I mean? And they had to, you know what I mean? Like it was just, he became the name, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he was the name that's synonymous with nasty sexual misconduct and the Me Too movement. He was the name. So, I mean, he was definitely, you know, that he was definitely going to end up going to jail. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not up on um, jail for nasty niggas. Like, I don't know, like, what, <laughs> how many years niggas is supposed to get. Like, I really don't. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, yeah, it, it was just... I, I put it in there. I'll pull it up. I'll yeah, pull it up. yeah. So, I, I just, you know, but, but, um, as far as Harvey Weinstein is concerned, like, um, it's, there's a playbook that I'm starting to see. Um, I'm seeing, I saw it with Suge Knight, I saw it with Bill Cosby, and I'm not just talking about, like, Nancy Knight, I'm talking about, like, you know, w- when you're about to get sentenced to jail, like, that whole medical thing, you know what I mean? Like, either you're blind or dude comes in with a walker or something like that, it must be a thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> it must be a thing, because I'm watching that, and, and, like, that's my real, that was my real takeaway from all of this. Like that that's clearly a thing and he you know, he got it off. I mean, you know, it is what it is as far as that as, as that goes. But yeah, no, he's 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 gonna do his time. I don't know how much time he's gonna do. I don't know, you know, to the to, to what extent he's gonna do his time, but he's gonna I mean, he's gonna do time and they're gonna take as much from him as they possibly can. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, <laughs> part is that he's not even done he got a whole ass trial in california yeah. in california yeah yeah his, his ass ain't getting out no time soon man yeah. <laughs> that's why he got all the well, walkers and shit well before before y'all continue let me just say because I, I remember that i put in the group chat so for the third degree rape he could face probation or up to four years for the third degree rape and then at least at the least five years for first degree criminal sex act which was the uh, second charge that he got charged with. Go ahead, Ian. No, no, no. Like I said, what I want, uh, does this stop the the what about Harvey chance from, nah. from black people? No, I think, cause nah, I think that's hell a, no. It, it excites it. I'm going to be real with you. This shit kind of sparked a wave because I'm going to be all the way funky with you. We, 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 we tend to not bring it up because, you know, we, it, it's like there's so much going on, but like Trump actually has to win this election, or he has trials in New York. Yep. You know what I mean? Like oh, so, yeah. all of this shit is all connected, and we're just watching all this shit unfold. Like the, the Roger Stone verdict matters to Trump and his trials. The um the Harvey Weinstein verdict matters to Trump and his trials. Though the verdict for Trump's lawyer matters to Trump and his trials. So I mean, all of that shit is connected. And that's why you see. A.G. Barr taking control of a lot of this shit. And, you know, they, they're, they're sitting here. Um, 
Harvey Weinstein has become the name, the moniker. There's nothing they could do with with that except for like disconnect themselves from it. And that's why they're going to throw the book at him and, and make him look really nasty. And yeah, we're going to throw out that shit. And yeah, I want to I want a special from Oprah on Harvey Weinstein. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah, I still want all of that shit. I do. Right. And you know what? Since we're talking, since we um talking about that, just really we can um kind of just segue real quick into the sentiments that Snoop had on what he said about Gail, and then really related to what how she was going into about Kobe, and then really attacking the fact, as, as a lot of people said, not really focusing on what happened with Charlie Rose and what's happening now with with you know uh, Harvey Weinstein. That yo, you need that document, you need that documentary, or you need that piece that you've been searching for, that you've been looking at Russell or whoever else. Yeah. Now he's convicted. Now what you going to do? Because so I actually agree with you, B. Now we kind of got to look at that. Like, what you going to do now? Because now he- I do want to I do want to um, kind of separate Charlie Rose from Harvey okay. Weinstein okay. and a lot no, of the that, other that. people, um, just because the, what happened with him was a little bit different. It was like okay. he thought he was he thought the woman liked him. Nothing really sexual happened. He thought the woman liked him. She turned out that didn't like him. She just felt like she had to do it because he was her his boss. And so it was just that was a large, weird um, miscommunication that needs to be explored a lot more um, with okay. men in power. But I just, you know, I think that's way more complex than just being a sexual pervert like a lot right. of the rest of these dudes are. Got it. Got I mean, it. So, so like I said, I'm sorry. Do you think this changes anything? My point is that for the people that we're we're discussing, specifically when it was regarding the sexual assaults, and it's like I say, we speak of the Me Too movement and it's gaining strength and power, and people are becoming more emboldened and speaking their truth and so on and so forth. Will this ever happen to someone when they're at the peak of their powers? Now, the only reason I say that is because, all right, I mean, I, I mean, I really don't want to mention him, but it, so you, like you say R. Kelly, but it wasn't him at his peak. Bill wasn't at his peak. Harvey Weinstein was a bully for a very long time, but I mean, he was, he was kind of at his peak, though. Huh? He was kind of at his peak. And and yeah, Trump. Um, right, but, you know, what like, I mean, like it's, we're, we've seen it happen at. To, to um people at their peak, Matt Lauer. <laughs> I mean, I think I had the button that was shutting chicks into the in the room. I mean, oh, yeah. we just got the we just got rid of them, but right. this was happening to motherfuckers at their peak. Right, and is Bill O'Reilly as well, right? I'm assuming he was. Oh, Bill O'Reilly had just got signed um yeah. huge contracts. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, like the biggest deal ever. So yeah, I mean, it was happening to motherfuckers at their peak. But I mean, from this point forward, like if. I'm and you can't, you can't change the, the narrative. I mean, it happens to people at their peak. That's that's the answer. Yeah. yeah. You just got to catch them. Then see, here's the thing. The momentum right now was towards the Me Too movement. So if you were doing it now is when you're going to get caught, whether you're at your peak or you're not. You know what I mean? I think that I think the best thing that's probably happening to Trump is that there actually is an election like like all he does so many things that it's hard to like pinpoint him on things like when was the last time you you mentioned you remember anybody mentioning how Trump was putting children in cages and separating them from their families like nobody ever mentions that anymore and it was the hugest thing in the world it is one of the hugest things in the world 
but he just keeps doing things. Okay, so that's how you hide behind that. And then he's president, so it's 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 not really easy to prosecute him. You know what I mean? But everybody else, like yeah, I mean, if you do the shit, I mean, you're you're being brought in front of homie court. Damn, sure the fuck hope so. <laughs> no, nah, they are. I don't. I don't. I don't think you can really get away with um, anything right now. Like we, yeah, you know, you you talking about you talking about some of the biggest people, rather. Excuse me, some of the biggest figures, whether they be whether they be behind the scenes or in front of the camera, where nobody's going for anything. We just talk about Cuba Gooding. I mean, not we didn't just talk about it, but you're talking about Cuba Gooding Jr. You're talking about you know the icon who is Bill Cosby and so on and so forth. Everybody is, you know, nobody's getting away with anything right now. So, yeah. we'll yeah. see and everything right now. So, and like I said, like, and as we alluded to, we are just talking about the New York cases. He still has to face the L.A. charges that he has as, as well. And uh, we'll be bringing those updates whenever that goes on, whenever those trials start to, to start to begin. And also be bringing you up to date on the sentencing that's going to be happening on uh, March 11th. What we have, what we have been, within the last week, there have been uh, debates in terms of uh, the the Vegas debates as well as the South Carolina debates. But we'll start with the Vegas debates, which was Mike Bloomberg's first time on stage during the debates. And actually, it was what, uh, as uh, from what I understand as of right now, I haven't seen the numbers for the South Carolina debate yet, but the uh, Vegas debates pulled in 15 million, which as a person who is opposed to the Trump uh, administration and very excited about if this was the large one of actually, I believe it is from what I understand the largest viewership that the debates have had uh, ever for the democratic debates and Bloomberg, this was his first time on stage with the other candidates. And I think as I, as we said in our group chat and as a lot of people saw Bloomberg was under the attack from the, for lack of a better term, the opening bell. And from what I saw, and you guys can correct me if I'm not, because I did not see the whole vague, and I'm specifically speaking about the Vegas debates. He was under attack from Elizabeth Warren from Go. And she Mm -hmm. was on the attack of Michael Bloomberg. And I don't want to say exposed him, because a lot of the answers he gave is probably a lot of answers as if I was his legal advisor, I would have asked, I would have told him to give as well in terms of uh, a lot of sexual assaults and things that happened. But it was, you know, let's attack Mike Bloomberg and discredit him and get him out of here real quick. And uh, before, before I go to you guys, I know when we first initially mentioned Mike Bloomberg, his ads and a lot of things that he spoke to from just the advertising aspect before, you know, he was challenged on anything, kind of really was like, okay, this looks like this is going to be something good. This looks like this is going to be something interesting, interesting points that he can bring up that we could get all the candidates to talk about. But they were on the attack, and it looks like they were just out to smash Bloomberg, and he wasn't going to score no points on the court uh, during that Vegas debate uh, last week. I'll go to you first, Ann. It was uh, that 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 first debate. It was rough. <laughs> it, was, it was it was because it. I guess they 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 thought you know. He was easy prey. I mean, I think what what people tend to not understand is that, you know, being a mayor or being a politician is different from debating. It's like it's I mean, it it comes in handy to be a good debater doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be a good politician. And like I said, this is 
I mean, Michael Bloomer was the mayor of New York City. I mean, and that's said the greatest city in the world, but definitely by far probably one of the most famous. He made a lot of changes and everything to that degree, but this wasn't his stage. This wasn't where you would think that he would shine. The, I guess the thing that bothered me about his first appearance, it seemed like he was kind of ill-prepared. I, I, it was smart. I do agree with you in the fact that, you know, the thing when it, when when um, when she was pressing him about, like, release everybody from their NDAs and so on and so forth, I mean, he has to you know, lean on his business acumen. Like, I'm not going to do that just because try to sit here and bully me into it. I mean, it, it earned applause and the praise and everyone else in that degree. But like I said, um, even though it to a degree, it did kind of look bad, but in the end, he still kind of held his own. I mean, it wasn't great the first time around. I think the second debate, he did a hell of a lot better, which we'll get into in a moment. Um, I think he's just an interesting candidate. Um, I think he has great ideas. I think he's proven uh, with some of the, the progress and programs that he's done in New York City. Disregarding the whole stop and frisk thing, that's just like that's just low hanging fruit. I mean, he has, he's apologized for it, so on and so forth. Um, the thing that you take away from him is that I think he could be good at the job of being president of the United States. I think what people are worried about, maybe to a great degree, is that is he someone that's going to kind of earn a position or is he someone that's going to kind of like buy the position? Because I see like the debate that was on last night. I mean, every commercial break, it was just another Bloomberg commercial. Which is actually pretty smart in, in a way, but in like, where do you really stand right. in regard to other politics and policies and things of that nature? But I mean, we'll get into the second debate in, in a moment. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's, this your man. So I mean, what do you think? Yeah, no, nah, that's that's what I was about to say before we go into that. I want I want to get B's thoughts on the Vegas. Like, I'm gonna be real with you, y'all. I disagree with so much that you guys were saying. I just was trying not to cut you guys off. And yeah, I probably should have been writing it all, writing it down, but, but like I'll probably forget a lot of the shit. I mean, first off, um, I definitely would not have, um, if I was his lawyer, told him to 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 say what he said. He should have been better prepared. Now that I agree with him. I mean, he was not prepared at all. He he was seemingly unprepared. And then Elizabeth Warren won because two days later he he releases the NDAs and and says his company is never gonna uh, um sign another NDA again. I mean, so, I mean, that that was, you know, chink in the armor. Um, yeah, I mean, for, for 40 years, I'm sure he just hasn't been questioned or attacked in that way at all. I mean, besides being a mayor, he's probably, he's, he's, he's head of one of the best businesses in the United States of America. I mean, I've, I've continuously lobbied him for, for him to buy the New York Knicks, <clears throat> like, fuck the rest of this shit, mm-hmm, you know, and mm-hmm. buy the Knicks. But, because he's probably the only person that could do it. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I understand what he's doing. Um, and everybody buys elections, right? It's all about a collection of money. That's why they're on stage debating. It's all about collection of money and then buying the election. They're just down on him because he has more money than them. Everybody with the most money gets attacked for buying the election. Everybody wants to have the most money. It is the silliest moniker that they always go through in every election cycle. Okay, that's literally the job of politicians. It's also the job of politicians to debate. So I kind of disagree with you on that one, too. I mean, um, it's just you. But you were very right, though. I mean, he's not he clearly just not as much built for it. Um, He was up there. He he was a lot better in the second debate. And and like you said, we'll talk about it. He was a lot more prepared with some some jokes and all the rest of that shit. But I mean, Elizabeth Warren has a vendetta. Right. And. I don't think it has anything to do with politics at this point. Well, 
Yeah, it, it, not as much with politics. This Michael Bloomberg is against her life mission. Like he he's a representative of the type of person that she's been fighting against since she's been a public figure. I've said it a million times before. I was introduced by, to um, Elizabeth Warren when she was opening up the books for banks and teaching us about everything when we knew nothing about what the banks were doing. OK. And so then. But see, this is how you know that that um, that it, it was a vendetta that she has is because the second debate, the South Carolina debate. It was nuts for her to keep attacking Bloomberg when he wasn't even a huge target anymore. I mean, he was he was just fresh on the stage in the first debate. You kind of had to attack him. He was gaining high in the polls. He was in the double digits and all the rest of that shit. But I mean, it was time to attack Bernie. And anytime people were attacking Bernie, Elizabeth Warren used that time to take the shade off of Bernie and move it right back to Michael Bloomberg. She brought up the shit where one hundred percent. Yeah, she brought up the shit where, where Michael Bloomberg said um, that kill the baby. It's like little shit like that. And it was like, yo, listen, man, the attack is on Bernie right now. If you want to win, Elizabeth, you need these votes from the Bernie side of, of, of the argument. And so, like, it's just like, I'm not even sure she's really even trying to win anymore. She's just like, I don't want this motherfucker. He's really a Republican. He's really down with the banks. And I'll, I'll, I'll say this, okay? Um... Bloomberg on guns, Bloomberg on education, probably the best on that stage. I I'll, I'll, yes. I will go. I'll, I will argue that to the death of me. Uh, he he closed the Scarsdale Bronx gap. You know what I mean? Where the schools in Harlem and Bronx they had they were way below the um the reading and math level. And Scarsdale, I mean Alex, you probably know this. Scarsdale is, is the richest area in New York, and they they had the best education in New York and their public systems, public school systems. Yeah. And yeah. Michael yeah, Bloomberg closed that gap. So I mean he was he was able to do that in in one of the largest cities in the world and one of the most diverse cities in the world. And then he spent all his money on trying to get rid of the guns violence in, in America. So, I mean, he's pure on these subjects. I'm, I mean, I, I'll, I'll give him that um, 100%. But I mean, it, it, there are other things that, that, yeah, there are issues. I mean, there's no purity test. I'm tired of these people getting on stage and hiding behind Bloomberg and the stop and frisk shit and all the rest of this shit. I mean, you know, um, uh, they need to move on. Really, I want them to attack Bernie because Bernie is going to rise because everybody else is splitting yeah. votes. Yeah. And, and what you're saying before you go ahead and, uh, about yesterday's debate, what you just said, B, is everything literally, you know, put in layman's term and put straightforward is every single thing that I word, excuse me, that I read or heard from any news site or any TV show, whether it be Anderson Cooper or any other type of political show, NPR, anything. It was literally what you just said exactly like you already attacked this man in the first debate why are you continuing on and they were even more emphatic about the point you made about elizabeth warren being soft and they used the word soft which i found very interesting elizabeth warren being very soft on mm -hmm. bernie sanders yeah and and, and things that such. i have a question that i want to ask but i want to get to aunt first before i ask the question go ahead Aunt. no no no, no. ask the question you got a question. Okay, so my question, yeah, yeah, my question is, if Pete Buttigieg was straight, where would he really be? He top three. Top. You so you still think he would be behind Bernie and I'm assuming Biden? Yeah. Um. It, you know, because 
but he he he'd be on the comp. So here's the thing, man. Um, in the Democratic Party, he's he's representative of what we always what we win with. You know what I mean? It's out of Washington, anti-establishment. He has the added um the added ability to say he actually fought in the war and our America's longest right. war ever, Afghanistan. Okay, mm-hmm. so he represents mm-hmm. youth change, just like Clinton did, just like Obama did. You know what I mean? It's it's the difference um, between him and being being inside Washington and being outside Washington. He would be dominating these people. I think he'd be the front runner. Yeah, yeah, he would he 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 would be close. I mean, not this soon, and like uh, you would think he would right. eventually be the front he would be runner. he would yeah. he would eventually be the front runner. Not you know obviously mm-hmm. not this soon because once you I mean he he was actually I mean, he won one of the caucuses. So I mean obviously like that is a, that's a huge thing. But I mean he would he would have definitely lost South Carolina even. Even being, um, even if he was straight, um, he would have definitely lost South Carolina. Um, and you know, I I don't know about Nevada. I I just don't see a connection there for him. But I think he would have killed on Super Tuesday. Pete's real. Pete's good at this. Yeah. I, yeah. And I, and I I know we said it in the chat. And I think if if there's anything that I really dislike about the the, the South Carolina state, quite simply, is that. It just felt like the moderators lost control. It was just like everyone speaking over each other, running over their time, hands snapping up here and there. It was like, all right, it was, it was a mess. Yeah, and it didn't, then they were bringing up topics that just didn't seem like didn't make a whole lot of sense. Like shit, that didn't matter. It was Pete. It was that was that was one hundred percent Pete. Pete controlled that debate. He was hardly ever called on. He just shouted out shit, changed the conversation, and people just followed and, and fall, fell in line with, with when he was talking. And that's what Biden was really getting frustrated with because Biden didn't get a chance to, to do what he what Pete was doing. I mean, you had to have uh-huh. the jabronis, and Pete was like, fuck it, I'm just going to talk. Nobody's going to stop nah, me. He, he, was on, just, yo, he was on Bernie's neck. Nobody attacked Bernie yeah, better than Pete did. He really took Bernie down. I mean, uh, he said exactly what everybody is thinking, like this whole... Trump versus Bernie thing, that would be a sideshow, would be the craziest thing in the world, and obviously Trump would be reelected, you know what I mean? And, and you know, it was just a lot of shit that Pete just said, and it just all made sense. You got it. And that, but you're saying that, if you, but like I said, if he, if you took his sexuality out of it, I mean, he checks off every other box you want in a politician. Every box. He's, he was, he's highly educated. He, he was, he's, a, he's a service veteran. He he's a mayor of a small town. I mean, I might I might sound stupid, but people love those little small Americana type fucking stories. Like like he, he's a mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Oh, I'm about to a, say since he's a mayor of a storied town. Yeah, like like, like oh South Bend, oh 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 Notre Dame. Well, we love Notre Dame. It's like it's, it's little simple shit like that that makes a difference in the voter's mind. Like he's super religious, military, yeah. smart. And I mean, he like, taught himself Dutch because he found a book he liked, and there was no <laughs> translation. And, the, and like the, the thing that you gotta like about him, well, what, that I like about him personally, is that when at every debate he's the one guy up there that's always calm and measured. I know people dislike that; they they think that he might be a little bit robotic or like like emotional or some other that. Like he's not. Like in this debate, he, he did mention a lot about. Um, issues within the African-American community because he knew that he was getting beaten ahead about, you know, the things that went on in South Bend, Indiana, and that his inability to connect with black voters. Like, he he sees the flaws and he tries to fix them right away. Like, 
I know what I need to do now. Let me go ahead and do this. Like every adjustment, everything that you throw at him, he's always prepared. Every single one of them. Like I said, I would say of the debaters, he's finished maybe no worse than third out of them all. Would that be fair? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his 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 level headedness and emotions. I mean, while it it you're right, like you know, if you're watching on on um on MSNBC or CNN or Fox News, like you're gonna want more. Um, but it plays really well in the Midwest. It just does, like you know what I mean, like the so so yeah, like you'll you'll hear commentators talk about it, but it plays really well in the Midwest. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm glad you, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, uh, Aunt. Uh, I'm glad you said that because we live in the more quote unquote Bible Beltway. How do you do you do you get any do you are you getting the same resistance that I'm getting in what you would call the Bible Beltway? Are you getting the same? Are you feeling the same resistance? I mean, you know, I live in Atlanta, so it's a little yeah. bit different here. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Okay, you know, I get what you're saying, but <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. It's a, it's a major city that's uh, yeah. more evolved than the other cities. Yeah, yeah. I can see here in um, North Carolina, which voted against. You know, same-sex bathrooms. You know, the whole thing that happened uh, yeah. maybe three years ago. It's not playing well here, and that's the one thing I've been telling a lot of people. I said it's not about Pete's politics. I said it's yeah. about uh, um, cho- uh, choices. Yeah. And what he chooses to be is that why they're not going to vote. He could be saying, "I'm going to give." I'm a. He could. He could literally come out and say, "I'm going to flip it and make all the rich, all the poor rich, and all the rich poor." And they still wouldn't vote for him just based on the fact that he's gay. Like they just yeah. can't get past that stump. They're right? gonna kill you for saying his choices because I mean, you know, a lot for a lot of people, gay gay is not a choice. And I, and I, can, and I, and I listen. I can. I can. And that's what I can, can aim it all. You can aim it all here, or it's Alex on, well, you know, Facebook or whatever. That's fine. You can aim it all here. I have my feelings about it, but and I'm. We can have that. That's a separate debate for me. But just in mm-hmm. terms of the fact that he's gay, mm-hmm. you understand what I'm saying? That, that's yeah. that I'm getting. Yeah. Such, so. But yeah, I think we, um, you know, the, the South Carolina debate, I think we're safe to say that Bernie shined in that debate is from everything that I'm getting. I didn't think he shined, but maybe that's my personal because I'm kind of not necessarily against Bernie, but I really want somebody else. Oh, I don't think him. he shined. Oh, you don't think so? But everybody, everything I saw from the CNN polls, from the MSNBC polls, I really want to go into Fox because they're always going to skew it a certain way. But they say that Bernie shined in the. Oh uh, no, I don't. I don't at all think Bernie shined. I think. Really? I think. Um. Yeah. I think. I, I think. Pete, um, but everybody and Pete. I thought Pete did. But but Bernie. Bernie was very shaky. I mean, he was. He was nervous. He was. He was. Um. He seemed unprepared to answer several questions. I mm-hmm. think this was the weakest we've probably seen Bernie. I think people who like Bernie are just going to continue liking him. I think that's that may be the case. But I think people who were on edge. I mean, I, I don't think they're going to go to Bernie direction. I think there's a lot of things that people just didn't hear about. Um. Uh, uh, from Bernie before. You know what I mean? They did. They, they didn't know about Bernie before, and especially about the guns. Um. <clears throat> You know what I mean? Like, and Bernie just comes out and says, well, yeah, it was a bad. I'm sorry, what were you saying? I know you know that won't fly where we are, period, regardless of anything. Right. But but here's the thing. OK, so the, you got to get out of the you got to get out of the Democratic Party. OK. Mm-hmm. And Bernie had an, Bernie has an issue with 
the guns and and just saying that oh I made bad votes. I mean, it, to me, I'm be really honest with you. I I know Bernie on on these votes. Um, I feel like he's a liar about this. I just made bad votes. Bernie continuously made made bad votes. Um, as as far as guns and the NRA, um, he's completely inconsistent as far as being a populist and then and then folding to the NRA. And he's completely inconsistent on that. And I think that that was pretty much exposed. Um, uh, during the debate, I think um, I think that paying for for uh, for his Healthcare? you know if, for anything. So okay. here's the thing: like, yeah, Grandpa's gonna give us all this stuff. He's gonna pay for school. <laughs> he's gonna pay for he's gonna pay for healthcare. He's gonna he's gonna buy us all this shit. But where's the money coming from? And when when they're like, yeah, so that's like sixty trillion dollars. Like that's that's not we're not even talking about the budget. Like we're talking about that's more than what the economy brings in in a year. So right. where is he going to pull this money from? It's it's smoke and mirrors. It's, it's complete bullshit. I mean, the problem I have with Bernie it, is besides all that shit, I, I have intricate problems with Bernie as far as legislation goes. But the problem I have with him at, for running for president and the reason why, you know, what I mean, because I, I do like some of the things he says and I'm, I'm definitely not on a purity test thing. But I mean, I know that it's all bullshit because he never passes anything. He's been saying the same shit for over 30 years, never passes anything. Mm. Bernie never passes bills. Nobody works with Bernie. Bernie works with nobody. He only caucus with the Democrats. He doesn't actually consider himself a Democrat until now. He wanted to primary Barack Obama. And now, you know, he wants to act like he quoted Barack Obama the other night. And he yeah. did not. I mean, all that about. was a lie as well. So, I mean, all those types yeah. of shit, you know what I mean? Like, is Bernie seemed to me is a phony liar, but he is, he's relentless on the things that he cares about. And I 100% believe him on that. He does want to pay for school for everybody and healthcare for everybody. He just does not get none. Right. And I, th- and I thought that just from what I saw, and um, I, can't, I can't agree with a lot of things that I saw that I read that you could hear Bernie, but there were, there were point there were points that, uh, that uh, Pete was bringing up that, um, Go ahead, B. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm off of my house, my bad. Oh, um, no bad. Yeah, um, yeah, no, 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 I nope. got it. I got it. Um, that Pete challenge that Pete was challenging him on, but for some reason Pete's microphone was low when he was specifically challenging him on. And I'll just speak to the domestic thing. No, nah, Pete just wasn't supposed to be talking then. Oh, <laughs> uh, he probably wasn't. Yeah. No, he wasn't. He, you're right, he wasn't. Yeah. But Pete was kind of, you know, there was kind of that. Mm-hmm. You know, Bernie versus Pete or Pete versus Bernie, where he was like, yeah, yeah your health care thing, you're, like, you're talking about getting rid of private insurance. Yeah. yeah. So before you move on, I do have one question, because it's been an ongoing um, war, the Gaza Strip and everything that's going on with the Palestinians and Israelis, and they specifically asked Bernie as a Jewish candidate, his thoughts on... Mm-hmm. They should do and his and best I, answer I, of the night. I don't even it's, know what to do, but it's just been so ongoing for hundreds of years. This holy land, I don't even know as a Christian, and I'm saying that as a Christian, I don't even know how you even begin to tell somebody that you can't attach land. it to Christianity. Like, I because that's what I, Americans do, and I, I get yeah, it. And I, and I accept that. I see that. Okay. okay, so here's the thing, man. I thought that was Bernie's best answer of the night. Okay. I, you know what I mean? I thought I thought Bernie was it, I thought Bernie sounded like a president then. I thought he detached from all the bullshit. 
from he separated church and state and he separated religion and politics and all the rest of that and shit and you know like listen man yeah obviously israelis have a right to be protected and not attacked and etc but you know yes the west bank and the gaza strip are disputed lands but what the israelis do is they they don't free the palestinians they lock them in to their land so if you have if, if your aunt lives if you live in the gaza strip and your aunt lives in the west bank you can't even send her a letter or anything like that. You can't give her crayons, none of that shit. Because right. they think they're going to use it against them. So, yes. I mean, it's a really fucked up way to live. They they, they shut down all supplies uh, willy-nilly sometimes. Whenever, the, whenever Israel feels threatened, they just start bombing people who only have rocks. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I think it's a fucked up situation. Um, both of them said two-state um, solution. So they are right. I mean, I, I, I think... Um, Bloomberg gave the more political answer, the more Jewish answer, I guess. <clears throat> but I, I, I think Bernie on that was is probably his best answer of the night to me. Yeah, and I, I appreciate um, the question all of the candidates, but it was just, you know, being that they really singled out Bernie being the Jewish candidate, getting him to answer. And I, him I, and Bloomberg, yeah. And, and, and Bloomberg. But, uh, um, to Bernie, that's probably why I stand on him so much. Well, I, I was really interested to hear their, all their answers. What Bernie had come back to uh, today to hear your thoughts on it as well. Yeah, I mean everybody else was kind of trash on it. I think I think the um, I think Bernie gave the best answer on that. I, I can't say trash. I just I the the best answer, and it was so so by far the best that everybody had to try to play catch up to me. Right. Okay. So again, we always talk about that. We're going to keep you updated, keep uh, following. But we do. I do want to point out, and I live in North Carolina, uh, March 3rd, Super Tuesday. I believe I'm saying the right date. I'm not looking at the calendar, but I believe it is March 3rd. I just want to confirm that before I say Yes, March 3rd, Super Tuesday. Please, if I don't believe everybody's voting, I, and, I, and, I, and mm-hmm. I do apologize for not having all the states up that will be voting. But I know North Carolina is definitely one. Is are you guys one B or no? Uh, I think we are. I, I actually didn't look. Yeah, I mean, if we I, are, I'm voting. My, so. Yeah, that, I, I take blame for that. No, that, it's no biggie. Like it, it, the way it works for me. I mean, I if 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 we're voting, I'll vote. Yeah. If we're not. You know, it is what it is. And if not, and we we I don't have the information. By the end of the uh, by the end of the pod. But if you um if you are in a, in a state that will be uh, voting, please, and I'm saying this specifically because I, I live in North Carolina and I know North Carolina is definitely voting because I'm getting calls yeah. from Trump, Steyer, and everybody in the world right now because I'm registered. In before you go out there and vote, your vote counts. Pay attention to everything that's going on. If you feel that you can't, if you feel that you can't keep up or are able to pay attention, this podcast inbox us at better than part at IG. If you feel there's something you don't understand that you want us to go over to explain to uh, further expand on in layman's terms, we will do it because it's that important that your vote matters and not just necessarily in the presidential election, but in the midterm elections and so on and so forth. You should always be paying attention to when a vote is happening in your district or in your county or in your state because it can directly affect you. And if not you specifically, it affects your children, which affects you. So make sure you're paying attention to what's going on in your state, district, or county. Um, on to some lighter things. A couple of TV shows, I don't want to say 
just started coming out, but a couple of TV shows that we actually started catching up on. Um, I know uh, Amazon Hunters, that stars Al Pacino, was something that we had been looking forward to, to something that had been talked about. I didn't get a chance to check it out yet. It is, as I always say, in my ever, ever long-lasting pipeline pause and stuff like that. But I know, B, you took a, you were able to catch it. I'm not sure. Did you see the whole thing? or? Nah, I mean, I'm on episode five. I think it's really great. It's, okay. um, it's really drawing me in. I watch it whenever I can. Um, I mean, it's dope. You know, like it, it. I mean, I don't really have a lot on it. I mean, there's there's Nazis in America, um, and they're trying to get it, and they're trying to get them. I mean, they, it goes into concentration camps. It's in. It's taking place in the 70s, just you know, because the, that would be the time period of which the, the people who had been in the concentration camps are still alive and able to be out here and um and and up in mobile, whatever. And you know, there are Nazis in America, and then the Jews in America are trying to kill them. Or, well, actually, vice versa. Everybody's trying to kill everybody. I mean, but nobody really understands or knows that they're Nazis in America except for the Jews. And I'll go to you because I'm either, I'm sure you either saw the whole thing or you further just as far as along as V. Oh, I finished it. <laughs> oh, don't tell me too much, y'all. Don't do that, y'all. Nah, ain't no disclaimer, y'all. Nah, ain't you don't allow, you're not allowed to talk. <laughs> Let's move on, y'all. It was a good, uh, that, yeah, it's a good show, man. Y'all should watch hey, it. All right, give us a synopsis. And give us a synopsis without giving us that. for like the first episode. Other than that, man, I don't want to hear it. I'm dead ass serious, Steve. Okay. Right. <laughs> I'm not gonna ruin anything. I promise. So. The war is over. There are, and to a degree, the U.S. government is in cahoots with the Nazis. They brought them over. They somehow obtained positions of power in the country. And what they plan to do is start the Fourth Reich in the United States. There is, let's say, there, there's a very eclectic group of people. I, I, one man's Asian, one is yeah. black, one is English, other one guy's an actor, then there's a young kid, something else like that. And their their sole task is basically to find out all these like all these Nazis that committed war crimes and atrocities that somehow went unescaped and went free, and they're basically hunting them down. And the show is literally called Hunters. I mean, that's yeah. their that's what they're tasked to do. And the show pretty much revolves around that premise, and it's interesting so far. I think it's different if you want to take a chance. Uh, everybody got Amazon. If you got Amazon, you got access to Amazon Prime. You got access to Amazon Prime. Just play the fucking show. It's there. It's free. Yeah. You got it. Um, it, it, it's interesting so far. It's an interesting period. Like I said, I'm not going to ruin anything. Um, I got to give a shout out to Al Pacino for still being a really interesting and good actor at his age. Yeah. Um, because I mean he's really kind of he's the hook to the show. Uh, he's their leader. Uh, as the as the young kid tells in the first episode, like the group he's there, Professor X. He's a millionaire. He sets all this up. He funds all this stuff to track these guys down and you know get get things done in the most extreme and violent of ways. Five, so it's going to get a little bit worse than what it is now. But um, but Hunters is dope. Uh, it's brand new, right on Amazon Prime. Like I said, it's it's 
it's, it's almost baseball season. Ain't shit on TV. Just just give give it a shot. You, you'll enjoy it. Trust me. <clears throat> no doubt, no doubt. Um, couple of the, the it's not well. We we should be, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, three episodes into the uh, the icon. And I gotta say that Icon Fifty Cent show for life on ABC. And I know I think the most recent one episode is airing today as we're recording this Wednesday. yesterday. Yeah. Okay. Yesterday. Mm-hmm. So we should we're three episodes deep into For Life. Again, I haven't seen it yet. I have it trapped in my Hulu log pipe to <laughs> to to watch. How is it looking so far, Ant? I'm, you know what? I'm I'm still on episode two. I didn't get a chance to watch one. Okay. Yesterday. Okay. No, no, no. It wasn't that. I was going to watch it, but the debate was on. Yeah. So, so I didn't get a chance to catch it. But I mean, I mean, we can kind of just kind of drift over it. I mean, like I said, the first two episodes we already discussed last week. They're still good. It's terrific. It's a great show. I, like, like the the second episode was was this week. Did Brian? Did you see the second episode? I did. Yeah, I saw it. Um. I mean, it, it, it stays in theme, you know what I mean? Like, I just, you know, it's him versus the system. And, you know, the system is is, is kind of set up against him, um, you know, getting people off, uh, getting the people out of jail. And he's playing chess, not checkers. I mean, and, you know, we'll, we'll, basically that's what we're watching. I mean, it's not a lot to go into just yet because I feel like they're setting us up for like some more major stuff. I mean, I think, you know, yeah. he, he does, yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. goes, you know, he goes about it in ingenious ways, but I feel like we're, we're being set up for, for, for some more stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's really what I'm waiting for. Okay. So I won't, I won't spend too, I won't spend too much time on that, yeah. but definitely check out for life. I believe it comes on Tuesdays on um, ABC. And if you got Hulu or the ABC app, I'm sure you can catch it. It's something that we need to support. Um, just a couple of things real quick. I wanted to mention, on March 20th, the Madam C.J. Walker, uh, the movie is coming on Netflix called Self Made, which Octavia Spence, excuse me, Octavia Spencer uh, plays Madam C.J. Walker. If you don't know who Madam C.J. Walker is, I actually feel like I don't want to tell you. You just need to, as especially <laughs> if you use any of her, any of those products, especially as a female, you should look her up and really go through her history as a first black female millionaire. So that will they be be debuting on Netflix on uh, March 20th, and we'll definitely keep you up uh, updated on when that's going to air, um, when it's coming out. Give you more information as the trailers drop and everything like that. And then um, I just really want to quickly mention. I know we mentioned it probably I don't know how many pods ago that Will Smith was going to be playing Richard Williams, and there's been a couple of, uh, for lack of a better term, paparazzi shots of Will Smith you know, in with his beard, looking like Richard Williams, who is the father of the great and Hall of Fame and actually the best tennis player ever, Serena Williams, be made disputed or not, I don't know. But Serena mm-hmm. Williams and her sister, okay, good. And then her sister, Venus Williams, there's a, there's a, uh, a I, believe it's, I believe it's Netflix, um, don't quote me on that, but I believe it's a Netflix movie that's being shot about him. And as a father of daughters, and I know B as a father of a daughter as well, I'm actually happy you know, that something like this is being shot of a father who's pushing his daughters to be the best that they can be. And I'm sure there's some trials and tribulations along the way. But at the end of the day, if it's a father being a father and pushing his daughters to the limit to be the best that they can be so they can maximize their lives and have a better life than what he had, which is, as 
parents, we all wish for our children. So there's been a couple of shots of Will Smith going around as Richard Williams. So I can't wait to see that project as a project as well. I think that's um. The, oh um. And did you happen to see what's? Uh, and I, I'm sorry I didn't write it down. What is the movie with Lakeith Stanfield and Issa Rae? I don't know. The photograph. Did you happen to see that, Ant? Yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, you did see it. Yeah. It was, it yeah. Well, hold on. Before we get to the movie, who you saw it with? I was with my damn self. <laughs> I'm not going to no movies to go watch that shit by yourself. Not on Valentine's Day, Ant. Come on, Ant. Uh, you went by yourself, Ant. I didn't see it on Valentine's Day. I saw it earlier this week. It still ain't going to so. Still don't matter, man. It's the type yeah. of movie that. But go ahead, and go ahead, tell it to you. Don't wanna, I get it. You got a bunch of, you know what I'm saying? You got your, your phone. Your phone is uh, a. Go ahead, tell us about. I put my A and C sub past a good word. Um, it, it was a good movie. That there were some parts in it, like I would say, after about 20 minutes into the movie, I kind of figured out what you know, what I wouldn't necessarily call it a twist, but like where they were going with it. Um, mm-hmm. I think for this generation, it's going to sound blasphemous because I don't think it is, but. I know a lot of people have like compared it to Love Jones. I don't think it's that. It ain't that. It it, it does have a really good soundtrack. I'm not gonna lie about that. But um, yeah, I got Love Jones from the trailer. I got Love Jones completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. kind of get that feeling, but it and, and it, it kind of gives gives you that that vibe for a minute. But it kind of goes a different story. It's, it's a it's a story like it's two love stories kind of told in one on different paths and so on and so forth and. It, that has some type of connection, and I mean, all in all, it's, it's a good movie. I don't want to ruin it for anybody because it's like I don't want to say something that like, oh, this is the party he's talking about. Like, yeah, that more than anything else. Good for that, you good no, for no, that? No. Go ahead, though. Yeah, I'm really good for that. But I think it's a good date. It, it, it is a good date movie. I think it's something that if you want to take your partner with you as long to go see it. Go ahead and give it a look. But I mean, more than anything else, I just support black cinema. Anything that's good that comes out with anyone that's starring of a person of color, I'm going to go see. So, if you got a chance, please go check this out. I ain't, I ain't do this weekend because I had other shit to do, like watching this motherfucking fight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. Good segue. <laughs> and the fight that he's referring to is the Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder heavyweight fight that happened over the weekend. Um, I, I mean, we call it a fight, but it was actually a destruction of uh, uh, Deontay Wilder, the bronze bomber. Deontay Wilder uh, was by TKO in the seventh round, if I'm not mistaken, by Tyson Fury. His, his, uh, one of his trainers, Mark Breland, threw in the towel to uh, stop further damage from happening to Deontay Wilder. As he was, he was knocked down, I believe, twice by Tyson Fury. He had never been knocked down before, and Deontay Wilder has the highest in boxing history of a knock knockout ratio, 96% at the time, and he ended up losing his belt to Tyson Fury uh, on Saturday night, where he was just utterly destroyed. And you know what? There's a the, shout out to my man Khalid before we uh, I go to any of you guys. Shout out to my man Khalid. He told me a year and a half ago he as a as a boxing aficionado that he is in terms of watching boxing. He told me Deontay Wilder is good for us as cat well good for me as a casual fan. But he told me he said when he gets into the ring with a real boxer, it's he's he's not gonna only going to lose but it's going to be bad. 
he said he said it's going to be bad where he may not ever where you going to look at him and you think he shouldn't fight again and unfortunately he was right and i'm just saying that as a person that was a as a as a fan of wild and a lot of things that he stood for and his story and things as such but he was just from a boxing standpoint destroyed on saturday um and it just wasn't good go ahead and i'll let you i'll go to you first nah you can let b go first um, okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm wanted, I I'm, wanted I'm him to win. It was yeah. Black History Month and no the doubt. whole shit. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, he he did all the black. Yeah, you know I mean, he let us down, guy. I ain't gonna lie, guy. Like, I, no. I would have been all right. You know what I mean? Just watching that shit. But then he did all that Black History Month shit. I'm like, all right, yeah, fuck that. Kill this motherfucker. You know yeah, 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 yeah. Do this shit for our people. You understand? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? He had all them up there and all the rest of that shit. And then he had D-Smoke coming out. And I was like, yeah, we lit. And, yeah. But, you know, from the start, it didn't really, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to be real with you. I, like, I never really, once the boxing actually started, like, I knew it was over. You know what I mean? Like I, I did. I just didn't. I didn't like the feeling of it. But I mean, just from, from like the first few punches that was thrown, yeah, you yeah. can tell. You know what yeah. I mean? You can just tell. And that's it. That's all I got on that. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Look, look. The thing about Deontay Water that he had an advantage over most of the other heavyweights out there that he had the equalizer. I mean, I mean, he has a God-gifted right hand. More than, I mean, that is his most devastating punches when when he lands that. You don't get or you don't get stunned. You go to sleep, and he and he's done that to a lot of people over a very long period of time. Mm-hmm. I, I don't necessarily. I mean, people kept saying like it, you know, it could go either way. It, it might be an even fight. It, it might go to scorecards, or somebody's going to get knocked out. I was telling people from the rip that probably Fury is going to win because by far he's just a better boxer. The thing is that the first fight they had. He was boxing him up and down the ring all fucking night. I mean, yeah. Fury, Fury got knocked. Fury got knocked down once, and the other time he basically came back from the dead and got up again. That, like I said, that hand really puts people to sleep, and he got twice. up from it like it wasn't twice. nothing. Yeah, you gotta say twice. You gotta say twice. Twice. He got he got yeah. knocked down the first time. He got floored the second time, and he, and he popped his ass right on back up. But outside of that, that's what led to the draw because he lost those points right there. But basically, the rest of the night. Fury's boxing circles around him. And Fury said from the rip, and once yeah, he, he said did. it, he was like, yeah. and, and like, and when, I, when he said it and I thought about it, I said, that plan's going to work. He said, what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to back up. I'm not going to fight on my back foot. I'm going to take the fight right to him. Because the yeah. thing is that that right hand is great, but it, it's not something that he can throw compact. Like, he has to really extend it and put his weight on it. If you get mm-hmm. inside of it and you work through it, Different fight. And like I said, when, when you're just watching it, you're just seeing two guys that, I mean, the size and everything else is interesting, but you're seeing yeah. a guy who has a thunderous punch against a guy who's just an awkward but really crafty and smart boxer. He adjusted. He did, he knew what he needed to do, and he went out and did exactly what he was going to do. The thing that's pissing me off about Fury is, is well, with him, is just he's cute as a boxer, just like, him coming and seeing that American Pie shit at the end, I'm like, all right, that's just fucking dumb. Like, I don't just, just you won, t- take your chips, go the fuck home. The issue that I have with Wild is really twofold. One, we're going to go to the end of the fight. I, I honestly, and if it's true and if he got released, I do feel bad for Mark Breland because 
fighters. Are no, that's fighters. a fact. He 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 got let, um, not to cut you off. He did get fired. He got fired. All right. Then then that is that, then that's fucked up. Fighters are fighters because I mean that that's what they do and that's what they're good at. Your trainers and your cornermen, their job is to protect you because you're not going to. And for for them to be like, Mark's watching this fight and he's seeing this, and everyone yep. like, yeah, you know, he could land that punch, he could land that punch, he could land that punch. But he was getting his ass kicked for four straight rounds. I mean, he, the balance wasn't there. He seemed hurt. He was bleeding out of his ear. Y'all. Ear. So, so uh, Fury yep. is younger. He's taller. Big boxes better. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. way stronger and bigger. You know what I mean? Like it was just, yo, know, Fury is the Gypsy King, yo. Like his grandfather was the Gypsy King. The motherfuckers is yep. got yeah. they the way they become <clears throat> Gypsy King is be the toughest motherfucker ever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I just think Fury is gonna be the champ for a while. And you know, I guess I guess Wilder is gonna get his his um, rematch. So it's gonna be yeah. A I was just about to talk about you know that. what I mean. But I um, well, but but Fury is gonna be the champ for a while. So the thing is, the thing about that is, and I'm just, again, I'm not a big boxing aficionado. My boy told me he said that he doesn't think that Fury is gonna take the fight, and he'll just relinquish the belt. He'll throw the belt in the trash and not fight Wilder again because there's more money for him to go ahead and fight um. Shit, and what's my man's name? What's the what's the British champ? What's the other guy? Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua. There's more money for him. There's a bigger fight for him to fight Anthony Joshua over there in London because you're talking about a European fighter versus a European fighter, and both of them fighting is way is a way bigger payday than fighting Wilder again. He'll get and you believe that ten to fifteen million more to fight Anthony Joshua than he would to get fight Wilder again. And you believe that 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 is a bigger payday for 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 Joshua and Fury? Yeah, yeah, it is. Oh fuck yeah, that that, that might be the highest fight in the history of boxing. Well, I wouldn't say that, but yeah, it's gonna be more money for. It's gonna be definitely more money. No, 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 no. I I mean, you might not say so, but like I said, when when we're interested in boxing here, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like sporadic fans, and I mean, it's people watching all over. That's an entire country watching. Right. The, You're right. Uh, all of them. Like like I said, we like we, we were we were amazed when 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 Pat when I think when, when Pacquiao fought at uh the Dallas Stadium when they just opened it up. Yeah. Like like they're saying if they had this fight, they're gonna have to have it at Wembley. And that yeah. might even be big enough. Or like, like when Ricky Hatton used to fight. Right. Yeah. But, but like I said, these are two two guys from that country. And, they, yep. and they're going to throw it off. But that's the thing. But that's why Fury's probably going to have to fight Wilder again because he know he can probably beat him. Mm-hmm. Because if he has all the belts and Joshua has all the others, if they fight, whoever Unification. wins Unification. is the undisputed, unified cha- heavyweight champion yeah. of the world. They have all the belts. So that's why he might have to take this fight, even though for him he think it might be easy. Because cause Joshua ha- has, has two fights coming up nonetheless. So the fight's going oh, to happen. Does? Okay. So he yeah. might have to fight. I got you. I didn't realize right. Joshua had fights. He had right. a fight this year. So if he does, then you're absolutely right. He Fury would have to take the Wilder fight just to take it. And then 2021, you'll be talking about the same time next year, you'll be talking about them fighting for the for the unif- unification of the belts. Right. And like in and like, and Wembley. That shit is ridiculous. Like they're the two most popular boxers in Britain. Fighting for everything that's on the line 
for every belt pretty much in the heavyweight division. Them two going at it is going to make a great payway. And and like and if we're going to jump back to, to Wilder, he shouldn't have fired Breland. Breland was looking out for him. He didn't want the guy to get hurt, even though the trainer said, like, no, he should go out in the shield. Like, nobody want to get fucking killed or or get their brains beaten and something else like that. And you're not, you're not thinking about your family and other shit while you're in the ring. But the reason right. why you're fighting is to provide for them. So his trainer's a dickhead. And the other thing is that I don't want to hear shit talking about my legs got tired because I was wearing a, a 40-pound <laughs> fucking ring. Nigga, fuck you. No, no, no. Because there, there was an interview that he did with Joe Rogan not too long ago. It says that when he trains and he works out, he works out in a 45-pound vest, which is five pounds less, no, five pounds more than that robot he wore to the fucking ring. So I'm not trying to hear that shit from him, man. It was a bad night for him. He, it didn't go over well. He got beat up by a superior fighter, and that's it. Just be like, I lost a better man. I'm going to call yeah. it a day. Other bullshit and, I, and I'll just close out by saying, again, shout out to my guy, Khaled, who just watches boxing profusely and just goes to the gyms, the local gyms in the Bronx and all over New York. He was telling me that that Wilder's not, and I don't know, and you might be able to speak to him or agree with him. He said that Wilder's not going to get any better. He was like, you got to, he was telling me, he was like, you got to understand, boxers start out at like age eight, nine, ten. He was like, Wilder didn't start boxing until he was 20 years old. So these people that have been fighting and have already developed a certain amount of skills and muscle memory, Wilder started at 20, so the jabs and things that he needs to develop now to even be able to go into the ring and contend, he's not going to be able to contend. And he even was going back to, like, if you think about people like Ernie Shavers and even people like George Foreman and, and so on and so forth, he was like, these hard punches, they rely so much on that heavy punch that when it comes to doing anything else, they don't know what to do when that's taken away from them. And once they get exposed, they get exposed and they just go downhill and they go downhill fast. No, I, I mean, I understand what that and I, I agree with the point. Um, I'm a big fan. Oh, man. But you know what I'm talking about. Um, uh, Ma- uh, Malcolm Gladwell. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. And I'm a big believer in a, in a 10,000 hour theory. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I uh-huh. and I, and I think when you get like I said and in the man he he's right I think that you know I think Fury no not Fury I mean Wilder's story is basically that you know he was he was a basketball player things didn't work out he was you know doing some itty bitty right. jobs he got to the gym then he then he started fighting I mean I mean he has the time but like I said he, he was oh. a bronze medalist and so on and so forth but it this wasn't what he was built for it wasn't what he was primary focus was it wasn't like I mean, it's a shitty comparison, but it wasn't like Florida when you're raised in a fighting family and that's all you yeah. know and that's all you do and that's all you focus on and that's it. I mean, I, th- I think that, that that rule is pretty much true for any kind of, like, anyone who wants to specialize in anything. Yeah. I think when you get a guy who's, who's up later in age, like I said, I mean, Fury's three years younger than him. I mean, Wild is 34. So mm-hmm. to, for him to all of a sudden, be, yeah, for him to be, become a better boxer or change up his style now, it's just too late for that. I mean, he could still make a hell of a living because, like I said, that's a God gifted right hand. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, you you only really only had one guy who, who stood in front of it and couldn't really and really took it. Everyone else kind of went down. So I don't see that yep. changing anytime soon. So he could still have have a, a very successful career and be very very and wildly rich. But mm-hmm. if if you have a guy like that who is a puncher who, who goes up against a class and seasoned boxer who knows how to change flows and tempos knows how to move his feet 
knows, knows how to roll off punches, knows, knows, knows distance and range, and has a really great grasp on that, you're going to probably beat a puncher because, like I said, they only have that one thing. They don't have, uh, you know, your plan B, your plan C. It's all plan A. And that's what happened Saturday night. He was just loading up, waiting for that right hand. And, uh, and like I said, if you know anything about boxing, if you're fighting someone with, with a really, really powerful right hand, just circle left. I mean, that that's that's the first thing they teach you. Wherever strong hand is, just move in the opposite direction. If you're always keeping it in front of you, you can always see it. You know when it's coming. And he pretty much did that. I mean, he got hit with one right hand that kind of hit him in the side of the head, but it didn't really phase him or hurt him. But when you were just watching Wilder, I mean, the guy's going to be what he's going to be. And like I said, for him, that's not really a bad thing. But like I said, he, lo- he lost to a better fighter. I mean, he's going to have a really successful career. He's going to move forward. Um, what I mean, like I said, I really don't want to harp on the point. I really hope he comes to his senses and he hires Mark Breland back. I mean, this is not an East Coast bias. I mean, Mark was a hell of a boxer. But like I said, he's been with him for so long, and I don't think Mark reacted out of emotion. He reacted by, like, this is not going well. If I don't want to see him take any more damage because I know what yeah. happened. He, he, like I said, right. he's a professional boxer for 15 plus years. He don't want to. He don't want to see it turn out the wrong way. Like I said, it's a dangerous sport. It only takes one punch to change your life. I mean, in, in a successful way, of course. But I mean, also like, you can get killed in there. You can get a brain bleed. You can. You can crack your skull. I mean, Sugar Ray Leonard, one of the greatest fighters of all time, he had to retire twice because his retina got detached. This shit happens in boxing. He's trying to look out for his best right. interest. But um, I just hope the best for him. They're going to get the rematch going. I'm probably expecting Fury to beat him again. Uh, like I said, I don't see him changing as a boxer, but that, that Joshua Fury fight is going to be something now. Yeah. All right. And, and, you know, and it's rare that we speak uh, boxing on this uh, when we get to our sports segment specifically but you know there was it was an exciting fight and I look forward to uh well I don't really look forward to the rematch I really look forward to the more the Joshua fight but you know again I just you know uh reiterate in sentiments that you know hopefully he can land a punch I'm just rooting, I'm just really rooting for Wilder because he just he's 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 black everywhere he goes if that makes sense to if, if that if if you can understand what I'm saying, it doesn't matter. And I, I like the way he, the things that he stands for within the community and the things that he stands for when he goes on any platform to speak about boxing. He always speaks about the plight of his people and where he comes from and why he does what he does. So salute to you, uh, Deontay Wilder King. You're still a king in our eyes no matter what. You know what I'm saying? And things as such. Um, want to move on. I just want to re- give a real quick... Um, uh, bullet point to spring training has started. We really don't talk baseball that much, but what a lot was going on with the Houston Astros and the cheating that they did. You've already seen uh, a lot of uh, pitchers started throwing at uh, Jose Altuve. Yep. Uh, he got he got grazed by a pit, excuse me grazed by a pitcher in the Detroit uh, spring training spring training game. And I can't wait till they face the Yankees because I know we're gonna go after them. I'm not gonna go too deep into it, but we all know what it is. We've been speaking on it for a minute. That we, uh, if, I'm, if I can speak for the group, I don't think we agree with a lot of the. We didn't. We didn't. We don't think that baseball went far enough in terms of suspending some of the players, in terms of what happened with that World Series run that the Houston Astros have. So, we'll we'll, we'll come back to that. We'll revisit it when uh, the Houston Astros play the the Yankees, whether it be in spring training or the regular season, because I believe it'll happen multiple times throughout our spring training and uh, the regular season. Um, 
And y'all niggas lost Severino already? Yeah, he's got to go for a uh, opera. He's going to be out. For, I, I, I don't want to say for the season because maybe he'll be back for the He got Tommy season. John. Tommy John. Got yeah, Tommy John. John. Yeah, he got Tommy yeah, John. He'll so. be going for the season, man. Okay, so the, yeah, it's a wrap. It is what it is, what it is. But we got Garrett Cole, so, you know what I'm saying? Shout to him. And, uh, um, John Carlos, uh, John Carlos doesn't look like he's going to start the the season, but it is what it is. We'll be, we'll be ready when it's time to go. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to talk, uh, obviously talk some ball, but before I get into the actual talk of ball, um, I didn't see it until actually be posted in our group chat that, um, Charlotte Hornets guard Malik Monk has been suspended indefinitely without pay for violating the NBA's anti-drug program. And I'm reading this from ESPN. The suspension begins with uh, actually began tonight against our New York Knicks and will continue until Monk is determined to be in full compliance with the program. The league announced the suspension today, but did not disclose details of Monk's violation. I know, B, you had a, you were talking about a couple of stats that he had. I don't know if you were attributing. No, no. Okay. Okay. Now just being silly. I didn't. I didn't know because I don't know how that works. It's just weird to <laughs> nah, me. Nah, he been. I mean, he been. He been. He had. He been balling. But really, I. You know, I think was probably like weed or something like that. Okay. Okay. With you, y'all. Um, okay. You know, when, when they suspend you like this, it means that he was probably put in the program several times already. Got it. You know what I mean? Like this is not his first violation. It just doesn't happen like this. The NBA doesn't do that to you. You know right. what I mean? So he he stepped back enough, and and now he's he's got caught out there. Whatever it is, he got caught out there. Okay. Um, I have something I want to ask everybody, but I want to hold it to the end. So, uh, yesterday we got our first taste of LeBron versus Zion, or rather the the Lakers versus the Pelicans, in which uh, LeBron. No, it was LeBron versus Zion. Okay. All right. Well, you know. <laughs> Yeah, he. See again, that was another thing. LeBron just wanted to, to like show out. Like LeBron understands the stage and the show, and he just he wanted to he wanted everybody to know like he's not me. I'm still this. You know yeah. what I mean? And so he put up forty. I mean, yeah. it is what it is. He did what he's supposed to. Do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, again, I didn't see the game. I don't know if there's anything that's spectacular that happened on a one-on-one with LeBron and. Nah, I, I mean, yeah, there was little stuff, but it's nothing to really. Harbaugh, the kid is a rookie. Okay, but what I will say, and then like again, I didn't see the game, and maybe you could speak to it more. B or and was what a lot of what I heard was that Zion, there were points in the game where Zion was in the post and just really took it to AD and just was bullying him and on from certain, grabbing I mean, rebounds. From, Zion or just is really big and can jump really big and. The Lakers were going to win that game. There's no reason for AD to risk it on a play with this kid who's going to be all over the place on a bungee cord. He got hurt, like, though. Did he get hurt in the game? I heard, this is what I heard. I heard he got hurt in the game. Did he not? Or I, 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 I didn't see him get hurt. I mean, okay. if he did, I didn't know. You know okay. I mean, you telling me something, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just no. saying, like, but that, that's that's how you treat it with kids like that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I you know, the, AD played it the right way. Okay. Listen, man, ba- basketball is, is more of a strategic game than a lot of people give it credit for. And, you know, AD, all, all, all they needed to do was come out and win. LeBron was the only person that really needed to put on a show. And that was, you know, that was for the obvious mm-hmm. reasons. <clears throat> okay. No doubt. Um, so I heard something today, and I just want to get your thoughts on it. So, and I don't know if you heard it, because I know you pay attention to a lot of people and a lot of what's going on with ball. Giannis. 
This is what I heard. So if Giannis, I don't want to say Giannis, if the Bucks don't make the finals in terms of what they're trying to do because their second best player is uh, Chris, Chris, thank you, Chris Middleton, mm-hmm. that Giannis, that there would be, that he would be in play to go to the Golden State Warriors because the wow. money matches with, the money matches up with um, Wiggins and they will have two lottery picks with the pick they got from the Wolves and the pick that they're going to have from this lost season, obviously, because of obvious injuries, to go ahead and go after Giannis. Yeah, that's a cute that's thought process. It, it's that's bullshit, it. though. It's, it, okay. So that, that's how you sell newspapers, and I get it. That's really bullshit, though. I mean, Giannis, in the beginning of the season, did say, um, you know, he's going to look at it all differently if they don't win. I mean, he wants to win, and, and, and that's, and that's his, him can, him staying is contingent on that. But the Bucks, the Bucks organization making a trade with the Warriors is ridiculous on his face for Giannis, and especially when it's two lottery picks and Andrew Wiggins. Like that just sounds like bullshit. Yeah, like, I know. I know we have to be more because I'm just looking at. The yeah, numbers. nigga, get, you, he gonna have to throw in Clay Thompson. Like it's not. It, <laughs> I mean, you're talking about one of the top three, arguably yeah. best players in the NBA. I, like this, not. I mean, pl- there's gonna be a real player that has to go. It I, can't just be Draymond Green either. It can't. It gotta be Clay Thompson. When I heard it, I said the same thing. I was like, "There's no way that the Knicks." Yeah, this is how people. Pamela. This is how people sell papers. No, no, no. Okay. This is how people sell papers. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So that was the that was that's the hot the, thing. That was the hot thing that um, I heard. That ain't. No, that's never going to happen. Yeah. You don't. You don't. You don't trade the best player in, in the league, arguably, for 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 two for two draft picks and a guy who did they have no idea what the hell he is. I mean, right now he's going to be. Yeah. Player on that team. Even if they added to the to the trade, it wouldn't even make sense. There's no there's no trade the Golden State Warriors have. To, right, you'd have to involve. And the Bucks would never do it. That's another thing that people just, it, you know, they they bypass when these when these things happen. The Bucks would never do this shit. A small market team okay. like the Bucks, they're not going to make headlines by trading to one of the better franchises that's going on. They're just not going to do it. They're just not going to do it. No. It's cute. I mean, it, it, yeah. it gets your clicks, but it ain't. It, it's, it's never gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's why I don't listen to people. I did. That's why I just wanted. I just I uh, heard it today, and I was like, okay, well, I'll bring this up, and we could just have a quick synopsis about it, because I don't know, you know, the trades and everything work differently, in the NBA as they are different from the MLB as they are different from the NFL, and so on and so forth, just to get everybody's thoughts on it. But if you think it's just, you know. For lack of a better term, smoke and mirrors. Then it is. Then it is what it is. Um, real quick, tomorrow starts the NBA Combine, and then yeah. two weeks we will have the uh, NFL uh, free agency open. But in the meantime, there is the NFL new collective bargaining agreement that's on the table that the play, the NFLPA has now sent out to all 2,000, 2,100 to be exact. Uh, players from the NFL to go ahead and vote on, which I still think is going to get rejected due to the 17-game schedule and so on and so forth. I do expect it to uh, get rejected, but there'll be a lot of back and forth, but we're going to 17 games no matter what in the NFL and because the, the union is weak and the players unfortunately aren't as smart as I think they should be in terms of 
their well-being and how to negotiate and to do things better. So that I expect us not necessarily this season, but perhaps the 2021 season to start having 17 games and losing one uh, preseason game to go to a 17 game schedule. So it'll be interesting to watch over the next few weeks with the combine, because that does, if they do ratify it, it gets voted in. It does affect free agency where there will no longer be any of the other franchise transition and all these other tags that you get to, to keep players with. You'll only have the franchise tag to use and it going forward. But personally, I, I feel the, the players should fight for more in terms of like full to, uh, excuse me, lifetime insurance getting rid of all franchise tags and expanding the rosters and so on and so forth. But we'll keep an eye on it and um, keep letting you know what's going on with that. Um, you know, there was, I think we kind of covered everything, but I do want to mention, um, and it's just personal to me in terms of a uh, Jadakiss album coming out this Friday called Ignatius. Um, I speak, well, his name, his real name was uh, Ignatius Maurice Jackson. Uh, we all in the industry know him as I speak J. Real close friend of mine, got got godparent to my to my oldest daughter. Um, personally, the greatest guy. I, I don't really talk. I mentioned his name, but I don't talk about him as much because I can't talk about him without getting emotional. But it is a it is a personal album. Um, we've always talked about it here. You know, I used to manage Jada Kiss. I used to manage the Locks. But this album that Kiss is putting out, a lot of some of what I was able to hear is really personable, and a lot of things that when we were together working with uh, Kiss that we spoke to him doing, making it more personal, making it more grownish. some of that uh, grown man, the grown man raps that we talk about, let's, you know, for lack of a better term, the, that 4-4-4-4-4 four, 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 four raps that we got from Jay um, and as, as well as Nas on his album as well and things as that. So I do want everybody, if you can, just go ahead and take a listen to that because it will benefit Cancer Society, it will benefit um, Ice Picks family and things like that from your streams, or if you are able to go ahead and purchase it, it is something that um, I, you know, and, and again, I'm, it's, I, I would say it's a shameless plug, but it's not. I just really want everybody to listen to it because I know that it's going to be something special. Um, I did get a chance to watch, and I'm just rifting right now, I did get a chance to watch the Big Sean and Joe Button interview, which I found very interesting in terms of really looking at a young artist. And even though he's 30 and depending on what age you are, you don't you may not consider 30 young, but as someone in, in, in uh, Big Sean who was really battling a lot of uh, I don't want to say demons, but just a lot of personal things in terms of dealing with depression or a lot of anxiety or things in terms of this industry. I found the interview very enlightening about him. And I thought, you know, I'm thankful that Joe was the person that interviewed him that they could relate. And probably, and again, this is just my lamest terms of watching, be able to pull things out of him that maybe other people or other artists may have been able to get from watching those two interact and talk about things that happen in the industry. I don't know if you guys saw it, if you want to add anything, y'all could jump in at any time or anything like that. Man, I, I saw it. It was, it was- pretty good but i think okay. you, you i mean i think you explained it well okay cool cool, cool. um shout out to um 50 his um get rich or die trying is nine times platinum again i'm just shouting out queen shit but just in general i think 50 is just dope i like the way he's maneuvering right now and where he's at right now i just think that shit is just dope and what he's doing um the iconic <laughs> iconic i would say 
clothing store, Barney's, officially closed um, coming out of New York Fashion Week. They are closed. The New York store and I believe the LA store is closing as well. They are closing. They'll no longer be, um, you know, they're, I guess, more in tune with what's going on with today in terms of everybody's online. Like, you know, nobody needs to walk into Barney's to really get the exclusive stuff. You can go to any site or anywhere and buy the things that are in Barney's and stuff like that. So they're closing down their store. But as a New Yorker, you know, walking past that store, that was always an event to see what they had in the store and so on and so forth and shit like that. Um, I do want to shout out. Uh, oh, you know what? I do want to say this one thing before we even go further, before I even shout out any birthdays. I do wanted to talk about Congress and, and B, you might have seen this. Congress um, makes lynching a federal hate crime 65 years death of Emmett Till. And um, so 65 years after a 14-year-old Emmett Till was lynched in Mississippi, Congress has approved legislation designating lynching as a hate crime under federal law. The bill introduced by Illinois Rep. Bobby Rush and named after Till comes 120 years after Congress first considered anti-lynching, excuse me, anti-lynching legislation and after dozens of similar efforts were defeated. The measure was approved 410 to 4. I'd like to know who those yeah. four were. I could tell you who those four were. It was Amash, the independent from Michigan. It was Gomer, Republican from Texas. Massey, the Republican from Kentucky. And Yoho, the Republican from Florida. They yeah, voted yeah. no. If that's Super Tuesday, oh, done. Well, that doesn't necessarily relate to Super Tuesday. Pay attention to what we, the names we just said. That voted against anti-lynching <laughs> lynching laws. Um, it goes now, it now goes to the White House where President Trump is expected to sign it. The Senate, the Senate unanimously passed the legislation last year. It designates lynching as a federal hate crime punishable up to life in prison, a fine or both. Um, I think I kind of covered that. I don't know if anybody wants to add anything to that. Mm-mm. Okay, cool. Next <laughs> 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 Just about yeah, time. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it, it was just, it was, it, it was, um, just interesting. Oh, you know what? I want to go back to sports real quick because I do think this is something we should cover, and I didn't mention it. And I had it written down. I didn't mention it. Dwayne Wade's uh, jersey was retired. The great Dwayne Wade, uh, you know, Wade County. Shout out to the Miami Heat. Even though I'm not a fan, I do respect the man and what he's done in this league and what he stood for and such like that. Um, I don't know if there's anything much to add to that, if anybody wants to add anything to that. Man, it, yeah, I mean, he had a great special as well. But, yeah, I mean, Wade is yeah, – I mean, I, listen, right. I, I don't think you meant you were not a fan. You're not a fan of the Heat. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant to say. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. So shout out to D. Wade for getting his, uh, his, uh, his uh, jersey retired. <clears throat> able, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to be at the certain age that we, a lot of us are coming to, that we're able to really remember and see uh, uh, one of, you know, one of our greats from beginning to end. Shout out to Kobe. Shout out to, you know, D Wade and so on and so forth. Beginning to see them from the from the inception of even seeing them in college, and then seeing them all the way through their NBA careers. I think kind of Dwayne Wade and not necessarily Kobe because he didn't go to college, but seeing them from, you know, the inception to the end. And that that's kind of one, you know, these are kind of some of these guys that are coming up, are some of the guys that we first got to see from beginning to end. And that's just, I think that's, I think that's pretty cool. Um, birthdays, birthdays. I definitely want to shout out John Lewis, whose birthday was on uh, February 21st. He turned 80. If you're not familiar with John Lewis, the civil rights activist. Um, I, I, 
I, I really hate to just reiterate things because we give information, but a lot of this information you really should look up because we kind of just ro- kind of roll over some of these people. And he's just a person that you shouldn't just kind of glance over his his uh, contribution as he did in terms of what he done in politics. And what I mean, he-, he came he came into fame at the Edmund Pettus Bridge where police busters had open. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he became civil rights advocate and um, and then eventually a congressman and been fighting for civil rights his entire life. Yeah. Civil rights his entire life. No doubt. Um, I want to shout out, and I just saw this randomly. I, I, I actually saw this randomly. Um, I want to say happy birthday to Lawrence Brooks, who is a World War II veteran and just celebrated his 110th birthday. I don't know much about him. I just saw that, that he's 110. I just thought that was dope. And, it's, and I have a picture of him holding up his picture of him in World War II. And I just thought that was dope for somebody to live that long and be able to tell. I can imagine the amount of history that this person may be sharing with their family and the lineage that they can share with their family at being um, at 110, born in 1909. So definitely wanted to give a shout out to him. Um, I think I kind of covered everything. Uh, do we have anything else? No, um, fuck Lana Richie. <laughs> oh y'all, <laughs> speaking of Lana Richie, I've peeped. I peeped your man on uh, American Idol. Oh shit, my bad. Hold on, before I even go to that, sorry. One more um, thing I want to celebrate. Uh, Catherine Johnson, who was a mathematician who calculated the uh, rocket trajectories on Earth's orbits for NASA early space missions and was later portrayed in the 2016 hit film Hidden Figures about pioneering black female aerospace. Uh, She passed away. She was 101 years old. I definitely don't want to glance over some of the people that have been important, especially during this Black History Month. I'm going to make a point to make sure that I kind of, if I see anything or if I anybody inboxes me anything that we just definitely cover. It doesn't have to necessarily be Black History Month to celebrate our own in terms of that because these are people that need to be celebrated. These are people that need to be talked about. And I actually mentioned earlier when I was talking to um, Joe that, yo, um, my daughter got, this is this is my daughter in the uh, second grade, she got her Black History thing and they're going over Rosa Parks. And one of the things that they said in Rosa Parks was that she that in, in reading this is she had a little blurb to read on read on more Rosa Parks and the point that they made in Rosa Parks was that she sat down on the bus and sat down because she just she went and excuse me was arrested because she didn't get up for a white person not that she didn't sit in the back of the bus where she was supposed to sit she sat in the front of the bus and I just felt the story of Rosa Parks to be uh, 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 for lack of a better term, well, actually, no, to be to be shrunken down into three paragraphs or two paragraphs and to have my daughter just for Black History Month. Because it should I be, Alex. Of, no, no, I'm agreeing with you. That's why I'm making the point. I just felt some sort of way, like, this shit is crazy. And, and even though I teach my kids about other Black History facts and more importantly about their family and be, you know, that we have a lot of uh, poignant people in our family and things that, that have done incredible things during the civil rights and just in and throughout history in general. It's just, that shit just irritated me. It shouldn't. That, I mean, it shouldn't because I know what it is, but it's just. Irritated. No, I'm not even saying that. I mean, it's not what it is. It's, 
Rosa Parks was there and put in that position for it to be a two paragraph blurb. That's how you sold the Montgomery bus boycott. Like that's how all this shit happened. It was Claudette Colvin was the first person. Rosa Parks was the one that they used to sell the idea. So that's why it's a two paragraph thing. It's because she is exactly what she is supposed to be a figurehead, an idea. And she's being used the perfect way because that's how people remember it. Nobody will ever remember Claudette Colvin. Nobody really, really remembers the Montgomery bus boycott. You know what they do remember? They remember Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks. Okay. So, okay, so then from what you're saying, and I have no, and I have no problem saying that you're educating me on something, and maybe I do know the name, or maybe I don't know the name, or maybe I don't know the story. What is that name again? Just so we can just oh, have Cla- Claudette Colvin. Um, Cla- mm-hmm. She was, she was really the first person that was that was arrested she was she was only 15 she was unwed mother she was really really the story of her would not have been a great story um they would have been able to tear her down really easily because she um, was black single mother at 15 she was, she was a black single mother at 15 okay, okay. so gotcha. so they so what they did was they were like okay this happened all right we got somebody else we're gonna put in this place and then and then they sold the story I mean, okay. you know, like not not literally like, OK, I'm going to go. So no, I, 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 like, yeah. I understand what you're saying. But yeah, 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 no. yeah. Rosa Parks is exactly what she's supposed to. And it doesn't take anything away from her. It was a huge risk. Right. OK. Mm-hmm. It, it, mm-hmm. it literally does not take anything away from her. But it was a manufacturer planned risk by the civil rights leaders of that time in that area. And they won. It was genius. It was probably one of the most genius moves of the of, of the civil rights movement, to be honest with you. But yeah, that play was a, yeah. a mean play. Yeah, you had that guts to do that. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, so you know, I, I'm glad I'm glad I brought that up so you could then enlighten me on the, or rather educate me. And then, like I always say, don't be afraid to say you don't know. Yeah. Catch attitude. It's okay that you don't know, but because then that means you're receptive to being educated, that you can then go on and inform other people. And so on and so on and so forth. But go ahead, go ahead, um, go ahead, B. <laughs> yeah, fuck, say, fuck Lionel Richie, Lionel, man. Even though they tried to, even though even though American Idol tried to kill him by trying to poison him with gas Good. when they when the whole fuck bitch shit looked. Yes, Jesus Christ, this don't even make no sense. Yeah, oh, ratchet ass nigga, B. <laughs> he still got an S girl. No, I don't even care. <laughs> fuck that nigga, y'all. <laughs> Yo. But um, as always, as always, you can get at us on IG at Better Than You Pod. We want all the praise. We want all the smoke. Until next week, peace. Peace.